0: Hello and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Isolationism. Isolation. What about the 8 million people who are 50 years of age and older that live their day in isolation? That's my topic. That's the dilemma. That's the problem. Maybe you are one of those people. Maybe you have a family member That represents this particular dilemma and problem. Maybe you have a friend. Maybe you have people in your church. Maybe you have people in your community or in your community group that are in isolation. See, isolation is something similar to loneliness, but loneliness is kind of when you think you're all alone and you've been kind of forgotten or neglected. It's kind of your own self-perception that you're alone. But isolation and isolationism is a little different. That's the actual hours, That's real time that you spend alone in an apartment, in a house, you know, somewhere. You are spending your day and day upon day alone. That's isolation. Now, isolation is not a good thing at all you know when we are emotionally disconnected from our friends from our family we pay a price for that you know we become more depressed we become more anxious and nervous we don't know what the future is going to be like or what this will lead to we become more physically sick isolationism years of isolation months of isolation breaks down the body, sickness results. It's not a good thing for one's physical health. One research study showed that if you are isolated and have poor health as a result of that, it's like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's the general effect on health, both by smoking 15 cigarettes a day, as well as being in a place of isolation day upon day upon day. So it's not a good uh, activity, it's not a good behavior, it's not a good place to be. You see, know, because when you're isolated, you can be easily forgotten. Your family gets busy, active, They do other things, and they kind of basically forget about you until you say something or until something happens that brings you to their attention once again. You know, many, many years ago, this goes back into the 50s, we did some research studies in what we call sensory deprivation. We put people in chambers, we put people in caves, we put people in various uh, places where they could not hear, they could not see anything. Now there was pitch black, totally silent. Nobody could touch them, nobody could be around them. They were alone. We call that sensory deprivation. So, what happened to these people? Well, they become mentally ill, actually. They become very depressed. They become very discouraged. They become very upset. They become very anxious, very nervous, and withdrew. But they became physically sick and mentally ill as a result of hours and days of sensory deprivation. Deprivation, and that's what isolation really is. Isolation really is living in a place where your sensory mechanisms are unstimulated, go unstimulated. So you're just there in this place of silence of your apartment, of your room, your rooming house. You know, whatever it happens to be. Now, there are lots of people that experience that. It's often true of people who are widows, widowers. It's true of those who are single and never married. It's true of those who are chronically ill. It's true of people who have the absence of a family or the absence of grandchildren or great grandchildren in their life to come and visit. There are a number of different combinations of people who live in isolation and are lonely at the same time, and then as a result of that, begin to develop physical illness. But you know what they also develop? Early stages of dementia. Isolationism triggers the early stages of dementia. In other words, the brain is not stimulated. The brain is not aroused in the course of the day and not challenged and not led into problem-solving tasks or uh, music or uh, physical exercise or whatever it might be. The brain in isolation is just dormant for so many people. And when that's the case, it's like anything else. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that's what dementia is all about. If you don't use your brain properly and actively, and in a challenging kind of way, it's easier then to move on into the development of dementia. If you don't use it, you lose it. Now, isolation can be addressed. Families need to take responsibility here. You know, one family member calls on Monday, one member calls on Tuesday, one family member calls on Wednesday, and so on throughout the course of a week, and then you repeat it again. Or you elicit friends who call you, you know, on a regular basis. Maybe five or seven friends, and they just rotate one friend a day, calls you for five or ten minutes. Several years ago, I met a gentleman who had a very severe accident and became brain injured. He was not able to work, but he was able to function. He stayed at home all day long, and in a sense, he was isolated. But he came up with a plan, he came up with a scheme which not only worked for him, it worked for lots of people. What he did every day, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, just like a work day, he called somebody. And then at 8.10 he called somebody else. At 8.20 he called somebody else. At 8.30 he called somebody else. At 8.40 he called somebody else. And he did that until he worked through his list of people. And when I talked to him, he had a list of 50 people that he called every day on schedule. Now, he would call, and he'd pray with them. He'd talk to them. He'd listen to them. He'd challenge them. Maybe give them an idea. Maybe give them a verse or a a kind of a quote for the day. Then he'd hang up, and he'd move on to the next one, and then the next one. Now, it helped him. It challenged him in his brain development, which was the injured in an accident, but it helped all these people tremendously. And he would get notes and he would get thank yous from family members for what he would do for their loved one and how he stimulated them and aroused them and gave them hope and gave them encouragement and gave them something to live for. And people began to sit by their telephone at 8.20 because he was going to call at 8.20. Or they would sit by their phone at 10.15 or 10 10 minutes after 10 or whatever it was. And he'd call at that time and they'd be right there to listen. They anticipated it and it became a relationship. It became a bond, a bonded relationship between these people. So he eliminated his isolationism and he eliminated the isolation of 50 people. It was an interesting little study. Now, we have a new technology that has come uh, to us. We call it voice-activated technology. Alexa, by name, Alexa. Alexa is a little device you set on the table, and you can program it, just like an alarm clock, to go off at a certain time. But it doesn't ring like an alarm clock does. It plays music, or it tells you a joke, Or it tells you what the weather is. Or gives you a synopsis of the news for that particular time frame. Or it just makes some noise that you want it to make. Or answers some question that you might have. You can program it in a wide variety of ways. And during the course of the day, you can program it to go off once or go off maybe three or four times throughout the day. Or you can activate it yourself. You can just say, Alexa, tell me a joke. And that little device would tell a joke. Or you could say, you could sit across the room and say, Alexa, how hot is it outside? How cold is it outside? And she'd give you the temperature. You see, voice-activated technology can be used enormously with people who are in isolation. Now, if you're 60, 70, 80, you're not going to buy one. You can get them on Amazon, by the way, and they're a little less than 100 bucks. But you... You have a a family that will get it for you. So, as a family, you buy one of these devices and then you program it. You know, for your mother, for your father, for your aunt, you know, grandma, or whoever it is, you program it. And then maybe you change that program the next day or the, the next week, and then you know that this person in your love, in your family, this loved one, is having some stimulation during the course of the day in your absence. Now, you can call and you can do things yourself, that's true, but Alexa can be of great help to people who need a little bit of encouragement during their isolation, a little bit of stimulation rather than just isolation. So think about it. If you have a loved one, buy them an Alexa. Play with it. Get it to work. Get it to stimulate the mind and the thinking of your loved one who otherwise is sitting there all alone, all day, or all morning, or all afternoon, or whatever it is. So it's the Amazon Smart, Smart Speaker. And interestingly, the ARP Foundation has a little study going on. They've selected a couple of nursing homes in the Baltimore area, in Washington. And they're using it in like in 170 different apartments of people who are living alone. And they're using it as a way of stimulating the mind and the brain of 170 different residents who otherwise would just sit there all by themselves all along. And now they're beginning to follow them up and see what the intellectual activity is of that particular person. What the health level is of that particular person. And if we can stave off dementia... And some people have indicated that if you're not alone, if you break your isolationism, you save yourself four years of dementia, four years of Alzheimer's. In other words, you live a healthy way for four more years than you would otherwise. So anyway, Alexa, maybe she's the answer to your problem or to your situation with somebody you love. And maybe you can help them uh, enrich their life, stimulate their life, stimulate their brain, stimulate their thinking, and give them better health and give them better functioning on a day just by using voice-activated technology. Okay? Anyway, thanks for joining me today, and uh, this is a very important topic. If you don't get the uh, Alexa, if you don't get that, do something to break the isolationism in your life and to break the isolationism in the life of the people you love, particularly older people. Don't let them live a day-to-day basis in isolation. Loneliness is not good. Isolation is worse. So make sure you, as a family member, take that on as a responsibility and be creative in the way that you do it. Bye for now.